0: 710 on the Legacy Retirement Group.com phone line. We welcome back the president of Opportunity Ohio. Always write some great pieces at opportunityohio.org. You can also find him on Twitter at Matt. Mr. Matt Mayer joining us this morning. Hey, by the way, I'm going to go light right away and then we'll we'll go heavy, Matt. I see your Dodgers what? They they start their season tomorrow with the Rockies?
1: Yeah, so go go Dodgers, man. Fun <laughs> season ahead. <laughs>
0: All right, let's hope for a good Might season. Be
1: the greatest lineup in baseball.
0: Yeah, you think so? You think
1: might be. It might be. It's one heck of a lineup. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the one thing we were talking about, Matt, earlier in the show. Is the great thing about opening day is no matter what team you're a fan of, you everyone has hope that they're going to have a great season. <laughs>
1: and then yeah, for some, let me, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, I'm more excited that LeBron James isn't going to be in the playoffs and that the Lakers <laughs> lost than I am about opening day on baseball. Uh-huh.
0: I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, let, let's let's dive right into this. Before we get to uh, the special counsel for uh, Joe Biden, I really want to get into that, especially with Hunter Biden, to better understand that. I wanted to get your take on this introduction to the State House on Monday, House Bill 616, uh, basically Ohio's version in some ways of uh, Florida's law. Uh, of course, the opponents say it's the don't say gay bill. But, you know, we know better than that, obviously. But what's your take on this that would ban discussion on sexual orientation, gender identity until the fourth grade, at least in Ohio here at all public and most private schools?
1: Yeah, I, I guess this is one of those things where, you know, the the left is up in arms about what uh, Ron DeSantis did in Florida. And now they're going to, you know, kick up kick up a dust storm here in Ohio for House Bill 616. And I just sit back and think. Why are we even why are we even having to debate whether or not you should be having conversations about sexual orientation and transgenderism yeah. and all that stuff with five, six, seven, and eight year olds like right, right. it's it's like are, is that seriously controversial? I mean, at the end of the day, they need to be being taught reading, writing, and arithmetic, and that does not involve things like sexual orientation or transgenderism. And, you know, you look at libs of TikTok, and I don't have TikTok, but, you know, it, it, you see it on Twitter and other, you know, you've got these teachers that want to talk about their relationships, what they did at the, on the weekend with, you know, their partners or whatever it is they may have done. And I don't care if you're straight, gay, transgender, you shouldn't be having those kinds of, kinds of, kinds of conversations with your kids anyway. That's not what teaching is about. Get in there, teach them how to read, teach them how to write, teach them how to do math. That's what I want to do with my kids. Yeah, so yeah. I this is one of those things where it, 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 it's a, it should be a much ado about nothing that we should be like, of course we shouldn't be teaching this stuff. The fact that we have to pass a law to make sure it's not taught is frankly a bigger comment on where the left progressives are today than anything else. You know, and,
0: and that's just it. Is I don't know about you, but I, I haven't heard about any of this indoctrination being taught anywhere, anyway. But it's like there's this – I don't know if it's because it's the midterms. There's this, dare I say, political grab. I don't know. what is it, hey, look what Florida's doing. We, we need to get on this and do the same. I, I don't really know, Matt.
1: Well, I think it's a protective move coming out of the Virginia school board meetings where – you know, there's you know, the the teachers and the school boards that are on the left deny that they teach things like, you know, critical race theory or 1619 project and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, yeah. and the fact is, they are trying to teach it. They insert it into the curriculum. And I think so. This is really a parent protection move to say whether it's happening today or not, it's a preemptive, it shouldn't happen, period. We don't want to have to worry about this, so let's just take nip this in the butt because Here's what's crazy. Look, maybe I'm only you know, the only one who thinks this, but I continue to kind of be shocked that so much of the American dialogue today is about you know a population that's about five percent or less of the population. And, and I'm not saying we shouldn't have conversations of, of importance when it comes to yeah. you know discrimination and how we treat one another. Those are important conversations. But it seems like we now are all everything has to be a conversation about you know, transgender this, or, you know, LBGT, I think there's an I now, I don't know what that one is, but there's just, it's a constant, constant in-your-face push by a very, very small segment of America, and look, let's make sure we treat people fairly, let's not judge people by their, you know, whether it's the color of their skin, their gender, how they look, all that stuff, right? Let's teach our kids that, but let's focus on education, on reading, writing, and arithmetic in the classroom because the fact of the matter is our test scores aren't where they need to be as a country. Our test scores aren't where they need to be as Ohioans. And in certain school districts, we all know we've got kids who are in you know high school reading at a third grade level, doing math at a third grade level. So we've got tons of work that actually needs to be done on the, on the basics before we start having deeper conversations about things like orientation or the 1619 Project and the founding of America and what really was it about
0: Yeah, and I was thinking, let's just teach respect. I mean, that goes down to what you were saying with the fundamental basics, too. Hey, I want to move to some of the other stuff you've been working really hard on. Matt Mayers with his president of Opportunity Ohio, the special counsel that's being called for uh, Joe Biden. There's obviously, you know, I don't know how much more evidence you need with what we've been seeing with, uh, you know, conflicts of interest, uh, compromise, corruption, when it comes especially to uh, Hunter Biden. And how about this $3.5 million investment too that was that's controlled by Biden's son there's just there's a lot of layers here Matt
1: Well there's a lot of layers and i guess the question is how much more evidence do you need from eric garland to say you know we need to have a special counsel dig into to what does joe know when did he know it is he compromised by some of these foreign countries that his son was going i mean look tony bobolinski you know already said that Joe Biden was involved in meetings. That he is the big guy. referenced in emails, right? You know, you know that that Joe Biden met with some of Hunter's Chinese, Ukrainian, Russian clients. We have pictures of them at dinners, right? You know that Hunter flew with Joe as as Vice President to China to cut deals, right? We we know that there's you know there's thirteen million dollars in income on Joe and Joe Biden's tax returns that have not been explained from these sub-S corporations that they created that they've not revealed the transparency behind where the funds come from for those, right? And, you know, now we know there's a, you know, that Joe Biden wrote, wrote a recommendation letter to uh, to Brown University for one of 100 Chinese Communist Party clients. So th- th- there's more and more of this stuff coming out. And at some point you have to say, when does, well, forget about the media actually digging into this, right? But w- when does Merrick Garland pull the trigger to say we need a special counsel on this because this is this is getting now to a point where the, the deniability that Joe had any involvement in this knew about what Hunter was doing is just it that that's now gone so we now need to know how bad is this what don't we know and is frankly Joe Biden compromised with the Russians the the, the communist Chinese or you know uh uh you did what happened in ukraine really i mean there this is all happening today so yeah, it, yeah. this just it's, it's just perplexing to me that we were so quick to pull a trigger on a special counsel for donald trump that actually ended up being a nothing burger
0: but yeah, yet yeah. you
1: know we were not doing the same treatment for joe biden
0: yeah and a fair investigation too meanwhile you have the white house who says that biden has never spoken to his son about business deals i just <laughs> i <I've>, i would <laughs> rather you be honest
1: yeah, that Jen Psaki's just a liar, and she's going to get a multi million dollar deal. I mean, every, you can't say he's never spoken to Hunter about his business deals when they were, yeah. they flew together to China. Right? And there's pictures <laughs> of Joe Biden with Hunter Biden's clients. Like, it's just it's it's absurd. It's an absurd position to take. And yesterday she said, "Oh, he never had an office with Hunter." When there's an email saying, "Get a key for Joe Joe and Joe Biden for their office here." Like, it's just. This is getting to be absurd, and so they need to kind of get real and look. I don't propose we have a special counsel with 13 lawyers that are all Republican hench lawyers yeah. to go after Joe Biden, which is what they did to Trump. Right? They put Mueller in yep. there as, a, as yep. a totem, and then they had all these hack left wing lawyers that then spent you know 36 million dollars doing everything they could to try to get Trump, which they failed. I don't propose that. Let's have a fair special counsel. Let's have it staffed by people that aren't partisan hacks. And let's see what we let's see what we find out. This is in the security of the national security interest of America, frankly.
0: Matt Mayor, president of Opportunity Ohio is with us, Matt. A couple of more things that I, I got to roll through them quickly. But your thoughts on today, we're going to see senators that are scheduled to vote for Kentaji Brown Jackson's confirmation uh, on the Supreme Court. I thought it was interesting, though, Mitt Romney, who is throwing in his full support on the vote, but an interesting flip flop just 13 months ago from him.
1: Yeah. You know, he voted against her for a lower court saying she wasn't qualified 13 months ago. But now, 13 months later, she's now qualified for the highest court. Hmm. And that's after we've learned about some of her sentencing things that were, you know, like, I don't think she's some like pedophile, but she clearly has, you know, some left wing ideas of taking things in her own hands. And you worry about that at the Supreme Court level. Now, look, at the end of the day, I've never doubted she's going to be confirmed because, you know, look, it's the Democrats control the process right now. She's a Democrat, you know, nominee. And fundamentally, right, barring some type of really bad stuff, you know, she was going to get put on with a 51 to 50 if Kamala Harris broke the tie. Um, But, you know, it looks like she'll get like 52, maybe 53 votes today uh, for the court, um, which would be the first time, by the way, a Democrat nominee got below 60. I don't think we've had we've had only one Republican nominee, uh, which was which was John Roberts since since the 1980s get above 60 because uh, the, the, the the Democrats never vote for any Republican nominees right after they yeah. take them through these god awful hearings. Um, but so she'll be the first one to be below 60 uh, on the court uh, ever for the Democrats. But but it looks like she'll get on. But yeah, Mitt Romney can't explain why he's flip flopping. But he is right. And you have other Republican senators who didn't vote for Amy Coney Barrett, but are going to vote for Kentonja Brown and you, Jackson. You think, well, how can, how do you justify that? But, I know. you know, it's all politics. You know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Matt, I have 90 seconds. Joe Biden's use of the Defense Production Act uh, specifically educate us on the mining for these rare earth minerals, because, you know, those that are doing fossil fuels, you get such a bad time or you you burn normal gas. But yet the unbelievable you know, aspect of what you have to do just to get one electric veal of uh, uh, lithium batteries. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, you got to move 500,000 pounds of dirt uh, to get one lithium battery, which is rare earth metals. And here's the deal. We're going to use the Defense Production Act to do mining in America. At the same time, the Biden administration shutting down mining applications in Minnesota for environmental reasons. And, and the sheer scale of what you have to dig to do these electric uh, vehicle batteries or to do other types of things. These are open pit mines that are like the size of Connecticut or larger. You you and I know Americans aren't going to do that. So then it's like, okay, if you want to transition away from what we have already, which is great, affordable, efficient, clean burning natural gas, we can reinvest in nuclear power, but we're going to go all this wind solar stuff, which is killing bald eagles, which is the digging required to find all this stuff, is so enormous. Are we going to do that in poor Africa or poor South America? Can their their people deal with, with the destruction down there while we keep it nice and clean here so that, you know, Americans can once again, you know, outsource our bad stuff to other countries? I just think there needs to be a bigger, better dialogue and conversation about where we're headed before we just start, you know, Again, once again, taking advantage of third world countries so that we can live, you know, in our, you know, with our Starbucks and our gated communities.
0: Agreed. And how about the, real quick, the oxymoron of this wind energy company you were kind of talking about, sent to probation, order to pay more than $8 million in fines and restitution for those 150 eagles that were killed.
1: I, <laughs> yeah, but we, we, we continue to ignore the dev- devastation brought by solar and wind when it's in place, let alone what it takes to actually build it. Build those things and and, and whatnot. It, it's an enormous amount of waste. I mean, the, the water required to keep clean the solar panels, so that that they actually the dust you know dust on them, is enough to see you know, to to feed like two million people their water. But we're going to throw it on these solar panels because God forbid we just use what we have this abundant, affordable, efficient, clean burning natural gas all over America. So we we got to have a deeper conversation than we're currently having, and I hope we can get there in the, in the coming weeks and months.